I want to do a pastoral prayer for us and for the nation right now, and then we'll read our Colossians passage. But first, I want to read from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-5. through 5. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. So let's pray together. Father, today in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come and we ask that there would be a meeting between you and the country that we love, between you and the United States of America. Lord, we pray for, for peace in our nation. Lord, we pray for the, the release of your love, Lord, to be released in and through the church, in and through everyone that you're drawing to yourself, in and through everyone who knows that love is, is the, the right way in this season to walk through tough times. And Lord, I pray for just grace and wisdom and uh, just righteousness, Lord, in our words, in our attitudes, uh, in the way we carry ourselves, in the way we think and speak, and Lord, use social media and all those kinds of things like that during this time. I pray that we would be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the kingdom of God. And Lord, that you would use us and Lord, and that we would be compassionate people that understand, Lord, that there's that there's just all kinds of emotions and things and some that are really pumped and some that are hurting and concerned and anxious and fearful. And so, Lord, we want to uh, rise up, Lord, in this time and declare again our our faith and our hope and our trust is in Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, would you lead us through this time? Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for the outgoing administration. We pray in the name of Jesus for the incoming administration. We pray for godly wisdom and for grace, Lord, for us to be able to keep meeting like we get to meet and worship you like this. And Lord, that your salt and light would spread in and through us to the world around us in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen. amen. Okay. So amen. I felt like I needed to do that. Stand up one more time. Sorry. Just like a it's like, hi church, we're going to turgid. You just, y'all sit down, sit, sit down. Some of y'all wanted to sit down. It's all right. Okay. Now stand up for the reading of the word. Just keeping it fun, y'all. Okay. So again, these are long readings, the 17 verses that we're looking at today. And the argument is built into the, I mean, the points are really, they're, they're really here. He's getting very practical at this point in the letter. And so I just, a lot of it's just saying the word of God to us and us adjusting our lives. So here's, here's my encouragement. As we read the word of God, think about how does this connect with my life right now today? And then, and then I'll also ask, is there something specific that God wants me to do or to be as a result of reading this passage today. So those are a couple of questions. Here we go. 
Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God and whatever you do whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. Thanks for just being great about all of that. Love you guys. So we're, we're getting we're just one more message. We're getting close to the finish line on this More of Jesus series from Paul's letter to the Colossians last week, we talked about being rooted and built up in the Lord, or actually two weeks ago, last week was Share Life Sunday, talked about missions. But uh, two weeks ago, talked about being rooted and built up in Him, and so that we can stand against competing philosophies in the world and our tendency to, to go religious and just kind of do things in the performance of our own strength and judge ourselves in the most merciful way and judge others in the least charitable way if they're not doing it like we do it. That's, that's religion. That's at the heart of religion. We've all been forgiven in Christ. He is the reality. And so Paul picks up a theme here that I would say is one of the major uh, trajectories of the New Testament. And that is our union with Christ. That's where this thing is going. That we would live out of His life, live by His life, live into His life, have our minds set on things above. You know, when Jesus becomes a man, God becomes a man, He unites. Just, it's in the per I read the earlier passage about Him being the mediator, but, but it's in the person of Jesus that God, humanity, and creation are brought together. And He's done that. God's done that in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, so that when He dies, several places in the New Testament, Romans 6 would be a great place, when He dies, we died. And then when he's raised again from the dead, we're raised with him. Since you've been raised with him, set your minds on things above. 
and even he's coming again. And when he returns in glory, guess who's going to be there with him? Us. You know, so it's this radical, wonderful participation in the life of Jesus. It's great news. And it's a timely word for us. I think this whole passage is a timely word for us in the church. But it's also a timely word for us in our nation right now. Wouldn't you say? Just this kind of ethic is really what we're talking about. How do we relate to one another in community? How do we relate to one another in the larger community of people that we live with in our nation? It's about ethics. It's about community. It's about living life together and doing the right thing. When we recognize, and here's the phrase, when Christ is our life, when we recognize that, it's like we understand that or at least we can talk about it here today, we understand that He's how we live. So what are things that you need for life and living right now? Just You need air. You cannot live without air. What else? Water. You can't, you can't live without water. You guys are brilliant. Anything else? Food. Coffee. You can't live without... Maybe a little further down the food chain there, but... Um, it is, does seem to keep popping up in my life um, about, about every morning. But, uh, okay, so let's just take air, for example. If you said, I'm, I'm pushing back, I'm rebelling, I'm going to stand against this whole concept, and I'm going to hold my breath. I mean, you know, you're, you're, for long you're going to be turning blue, you're going to be, remember the old Bugs Bunny with the guy singing? And nobody's remembering that right now. Uh, that wasn't in first service. <laughs> Somebody got it. <laughs> the uh, middle-aged us guys. Uh, Bugs Bunny was this cartoon came on when we were kids. So, all y'all. So, and so, so if if I or if I walk through a poisonous chemical plant that's been you know there's chemicals coming out and I'm trying to breathe it, I can't live without without air. That's my point. And you can't live without Christ. For us who are in Christ, you can't live without Jesus. We cannot live without Him. And so that's, that's the trajectory of this passage. That's where this, this is going. And so when you see this phrase, the wrath of God's coming, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, as a, how many dads we got in the room? Fathers? Okay, so when your kids are doing something that's about to, that, that's hurting them or they're doing something that hurts them over the long haul, it, something rises up in us and we say, no, no, don't do that. You're hurting yourself. And our destiny originally, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, was to be adopted as sons and daughters and brought right smack into the middle of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, into that wonderful, beautiful family of God. And so when we do things that, that separate us and make us enemies in our hearts and minds and lives and create you know, that, 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 that pain and brokenness, sexual sin, the things he's talking about here, anger, rage, malice, you know, God's going, no, no. And, and uh, I'll make this point again in just a minute. But that, that's the heart. That's what's going on there. We, wouldn't, we, we, don't wanna, we don't want those things to be in our lives because because they don't lead to the life that we really share in Jesus Christ. I don't want to do things that cause a breach in fellowship with my very life source. You know, Paul said, for to me, to live is Christ. 
I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, the faithfulness of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Those verses and this concept, what we're talking about today, is not for, you know, I'm like a silhouette up on a hill with a cape flowing in the wind, you know, super Christian people. It's for every single one of us. This is, you know, and the saints, you know, I read a lot of history and, 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 and in great stories about missionaries and things like this, they discovered what we're talking about today. There came a day when they discovered this thing about Christ being our very life. Hudson Taylor, famous missionary to China, was killing himself, working his fingers to the bone, thought he was going to just not be able to do ministry any longer. And he discovered one day, reading John 15, I think it was, the exchanged life, where he trades his life for the life of Jesus in him. And he went on from that point to change the world. You know, and so it's called different things, the Holy Spirit filled life, the the victorious life, the radiant life. We could put some other words on it. I've got a little, they, they found the secrets. Well, the book I'm thinking about at home, 20 chapters on these different great saints that discovered this. But that's, that's what we're getting at here. So this passage, it's about ethics. It's about how we live. How do we live now? And how we live is going to be determined by who is in charge in our lives. Think about it. How we live will be determined by who is in charge. And who is in charge will shape the map of life, the maps of our life, the way we see the terrain and the way we see how we're to, what we're, where we're to go and what we're to do. Okay, so, so we just had an, an election this past week, you know, and I, I remember uh, I was with Jimmy uh, Seibert for a couple days on Thursday and Friday uh, down in Austin and from down, he's, he's uh, the pastor at Waco in Antioch and Waco. And I listened to his message from last week going into, I was about to see him. And, and he said, hey, you guys, we're about to have an election. Well, actually, I want to tell you what he did first. He said, hey, we're going to have an election on Tuesday. I want everybody to just turn to your neighbor, tell who you're going to vote for and why. He said, no, just kidding. <laughs> but he, he, did, he went on and he said, but here's something that's, that's a fact. And that is that when Wednesday comes, no matter what happens on Tuesday, everybody that's a follower of Jesus is going to have a big opportunity to be a Christian. And it's still our opportunity. It's, it's, you know, and so who's in charge and who determines the map in your life is huge. I mean, if we're freaking out, you know, it's like, okay, I want to make sure that Jesus is in charge in my life. It's going to affect how I think and respond to people and give grace and love and compassion and all those, whether no matter who you voted for or didn't vote or all the different options that are out there. Okay? All right. So, uh, really not trying to do a big thing on that, just, but it, it's important. There's a battle going on for our imagination. There's a battle in... in and the world system, the enemy wants to pull my imagination away from thinking about the fact that my life is hidden with Christ and God. And I'm supposed to be just thinking about what's heaven like? What does he want to do through me on the earth? How does he want me to express the way things will be right now in love, peace, acts of kindness, compassion, 
gentleness, mercy, all those kinds of things, sharing the gospel, you know, and, and, but when my mind gets co-opted onto the latest cycle and I, it makes me anxious. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I can quickly get swept in and I need to know what's going on. But I, but I'm like, I can't be co-opted by that. Lord, would you help me right now to see things through your eyes and through your love and through every single person that every person that every person matters. Jesus Christ died for every single person. There's no person you'll ever meet. And no matter how weird things get on Facebook and how, ah, you know, just there's nobody that's on there that doesn't have unsurpassable value from God through the love of Jesus Christ expressed in his life, ministry, death, resurrection, and in return. So that's, man, just that means that there's, there's going to be grace for us moving forward to express this kind of relating to one another. And that's what we're talking about. The main thing is this. God has called us, is calling us to a deep life of community together in which Christ is our life. So it's about community. Let's look at this. There's things to put off, things to put on. Here we go. Number one, when Christ is our life, we put off the old life in a few key areas. The first one is in our desires, in our desires. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to live in these ways in the life you once lived. Okay, so put these things to death. There's there's something that I, I mentioned this earlier, but there's something that that hurts us, that wounds us, that separates us, that that creates in us a, se- a sense of our own darkness and 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 fear of God. That's not the good kind of fear. It's being afraid of Him. And so this wrath that we're talking about, and I want to put this in the context of Jesus, who reveals God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so if we don't do that with the wrath of God, we end up just coming up with our own ideas that are disconnected from Jesus. Don't do that. Always go back to Jesus. Jesus reveals God as Father. You know, and he's already said, Paul's already said in Colossians chapter 1, 11, 12, 13, 14, along in there, he said, for the Father, the Father is the one who's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. The Father did that. Okay, so, so however we frame this, this the, the wrath piece, it's got to be in the way that Jesus has revealed the Father to us. Loving, kind, and not so disconnected from how we would understand a father to be. How does a father... How, what, when, if, 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 if one of our sons was doing something that was hurting them, it would be like, no, don't do that. You know, and there's, there's that sense of indignation and even anger. You know, if we're, it's a long, prolonged deal that's, that's hurting them and, and causing them to miss the very purpose for which they were created. Okay, so I also want to make the connection here between sexual immorality and greed. Okay, so sexual immorality and greed. Because sexual sin is fundamentally about covetousness. Okay, sexual sin is fundamentally about covetousness. 
You know, when we talk about sexual sin, um, we're not just talking about it being sin because it's sexual. God made us to be sexual people, to be married. Okay, so so we're talking about something that's covetous and actually kind of greedy, wanting something that's out beyond the bounds of what God intended for righteous relationships to look like which he intended, and I'm going to just go ahead and be very clear here, he intended for righteous relationships to look like a man and a woman being married in the covenant of marriage. I'm saying that because there's lots of perspective out there. But for me, it's not like, hey, what's the latest thing or the trend or whatever. If I look at the Bible in context, I mean, the theology of Scripture is from the one cover of Genesis, Adam and Eve, man and woman in type, all the way through the Bible to Revelation 21-22, it's God and His people. So that type is a picture of Christ and the church. So it's not like a minor thing. This is at the very heart of who God has imaged Himself and wants to image Himself in and through us. This is not minor. This is major sweeping theological theme of the Bible. So I'm just, I'm wanting to be uh, uh, clear about that. So, and here's what happens. Here's what happens when this kind of when sexual sin, uh, sexual immorality, things that are outside this bond of marriage, that are grasping and desiring to consume or possess or consume it out of my own greed, that is idolatry. That is, I've placed something else ahead of Jesus Christ. Now, I've given my allegiance to something else above Jesus Christ. So these kinds of things that we're talking about right now, they break the back of real Christian community. So that's why he's saying, put this stuff off. Put it to death. Don't be like, don't be flippant about, uh, about it. Okay? So in our desires, in our words, in our words, verses 8 and 9, he says you need to get rid of... Uh, Get rid of these things. Uh, rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other. Again, these are community killers because they start in our thinking, but then it comes out in our words. And then once it's out in our words, it's just a step to violence. You know, and I don't mean like, you know, you beat somebody up in the alley and, <laughs> you know, you're... We've often said, uh, I remember we were doing Ephesians one time and we was brawling. I just, like, I just didn't know many people that got into brawls. <laughs> but there's something that starts in our thinking, that goes to our words, that gets out in the way that we do violence to others, speaking falsely about them or with anger in our hearts about them. Jesus is clear about the connection between real violence and anger in our hearts. So it's, it's a big deal. So in our words, because those things are going to hinder our ability to love. And the last one there is key area and putting off the old life is in our divisions. Down to verse 11. Here there's no Greek or Jews, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. And the point is, but Christ is all and is in all. We are called to a fundamental orientation that is not division. That is oneness in Christ. 
Now, because we're in the image of God, remember God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit is one, but He's also distinct. It's, it's an inter, interpenetrated life of oneness, but yet all the beauty of our differences are still there. But it, that's a different kind of perspective where we say Christ is all than where we say I'm Greek and you're Jew. Or where we say I'm Jew and you're Greek. You know, and I look down on you because you're a different ethnicity than me. That's a different kind of thing. Everybody tracking with me? You know, or slave or free. You know, that's like a 60% of the Roman Empire at that time was slave. So it's a huge part of their economy. But you have all of this, this difference based on, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 these things that are happening in their economy. Um, you know, barbarian, Scythian, that'd be like maybe uh, I'm super educated and I look down on you because you're not. And those are those are unrighteous divisions. So put to death those kinds of divisions and live into the reality that Christ is our very life. So let's move on then to the positive ones. And this is when Christ is our life, we put on, we don't just put off the old life. We do that. But we also put on the new life. Can I just say one more thing about putting off the old life? You don't put off the old life in order for the old life to finally be put off. And so I, I want to say that because for the performance guys in here that think that you can finally put it off enough and then arrive, that's not actually how it works. I just want to be clear that Jesus has done the putting off. You know, we know that our old self was crucified with Christ. And that's what our baptism is pointing to, the reality of what's happened in Christ. So putting off the, old, on, off the old life is walking into the reality of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. that help? Okay, so just being clear. So then we put on the new life in key, key areas. It's in our thinking. It says He goes on, he says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Okay, so in our thinking, we've got to, it's a, it's a move toward renewed minds. How many of you guys renewed your mind back in November? How many of you guys renewed your mind back in October? If I just see a few hands, got, got a few renewed minds, that's good. How many of you know that you need to renew your mind now that we're in November? It's like awesome, like 30 or 40. And... Uh, we need renewed minds in an on, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our thinking does so much in shaping the way we live. That's why he says, set your minds on things above, on the reality of what you died. Your life is there. You know, you've been raised with him. Your life is hidden with there with him. You're going to appear with him when he comes in glory. You know, so it's, there's a transformation that happens. We get we put on the new in our thinking. Second piece. We put on the new life in our relationships. And I think this is kind of the hub maybe of this whole section is in terms of ethic is how we live together. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love. So this is a great picture of how we're supposed to be doing our relationships, right? Everybody's like, oh, yes, yes. 
But don't be fooled because this is hard. We need the power of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this stuff, right? But I mean, it's, it's there. Imagine what would happen if we really lived in this way where Christ is our life, where we knew that we were chosen, holy, set apart, and dearly loved. I mean, just as a starting point. What would happen if we did that? Wow. That, just, that would really help with all the immature, uh, really needy, reactive uh, responses that kind of grew out of something that happened when we were a teenager or elementary school. Everybody, anybody tracking with me? You know, it's like the, when the guy's driving down the road and, and, uh, and he, all of a sudden you're just driving, all of a sudden he, he, he says hi to you in a unique way and you don't even know what's going on. You know, and I remember telling the kids, like, guys, he has more going on on the inside there than dad's driving too slow for, for, for him. And I think that happened. They all, they all think I drive too slow, maybe. Isn't that weird? Some of you guys can't relate to it. There's a great commercial with Steve Stricker, you know, and he's the most peaceful golfer. He's driving like 20 to the golf tournament. Old people are coming by going, drive faster. I'm going to just keep moving because I don't even know what I'm saying here. Help me, Lord. Uh, okay, so imagine living life where we're chosen, where we're loved, and what that's going to mean. Imagine uh, living life clothed with humility, compassion, kindness, gentleness, and patience. And the great thing about clothing is, somebody brought this up. We were reading through this passage the other night in the discipleship school. And somebody brought this up about clothing. You don't actually have to tell somebody what you're wearing. You know, I mean, if you tell too much about what you're wearing, it actually starts to get kind of weird, right? You know, like, I selected these boots because they're, they're kind of, a, they're kind of a, a missional expression of who I am, reaching out to the people of Fort Worth. Uh, it took years for me to actually get to where I could wear these. It's a, actually, it's an expression of wholeness for me to be able to talk to you about it right now. Um, I had a, a big text experience on roller skates when I was in eighth grade, um, and I was so much taller than all my friends, and I was waving at them down as they roller skated around me. Hey there. And so it took about five years, about five years ago, Kim and Emily talked me into, let's go to Justin and get some boots. And, you know, it, it wasn't this pair. That would make them really old. But uh, uh, if you go into that much detail, that's weird. That, that's my point. Okay. But the reality is you can see I'm wearing a white shirt, got jeans on, boots, whatever. And you see that. And so when you're clothed with humility, gentleness, kindness, patience, you don't have to tell somebody you got it. You are clothed with it. You are exuding that because it's on you. People can see it. It's, it's, it's visible. And you know how much communication is nonverbal anyway? 55, 60%. That's why it's important that And I do things. It'd be weird if I just read the notes. 
I, I think that'd be that'd be weird. Um, but bless everybody that likes to do it that way too. So it's great. So what I'm saying is, imagine that we're clothed with these. We're putting on this clothing that shows people who we are. Imagine that we're coming together to work through these different kinds of things. You know, we've got issues. Anybody ever had an issue you had to work through with somebody and had to do forgiveness to them? And the great news about this is for us as Christians, it's not an option. Unforgiveness is not an option. Because we forgive as Christ has forgiven us, you know, as the Lord forgave us. So so we can come together, we can work through our stuff, and we can offer forgiveness and even move beyond the forgiveness part to embrace and reconciliation. And that's, I think that's where the Lord is, is leading us. So imagine all of that. And then imagine that love pulls these things together like a belt. If I was to put on a robe or something, love would be the belt that holds all of this clothing together but I can't put that belt on if I'm judging you at the same time. Okay, I can't love with God's love and use my judgments, me be on the throne and judge and release God's love through me. So I, it, it, I've got I've to let go of judgments and love like that. So that, let's imagine this kind of living in our relationships. The third one, in our hearts. Verse 15 and 16, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Okay, so uh, our hearts are like a gate. They're like a door, uh, you know, that, that uh, opens up, uh, the, that allows the Spirit of God to flow through us, His work to flow through us. So years ago, um, and, and, and when you're going to give a, a good conflict story, you always say years ago, like it happened like, Phew! like in the 90s or something. <laughs> you don't know anybody. <laughs> I know you've got conflicts going on and I might too, but this is an old story. And uh, I was really trying to work things out with this guy. I had put on humility. I had done everything that I could to come under and to make things right. Strong personality, I, I couldn't do it. It just wasn't working. And I just happened to go see a, a prophetic friend uh, that's gone to be with the Lord now, John Paul Jackson. And, uh, and uh, he looks like Elijah or something. I mean, just piercing blue eyes, you know, and you're just like, oh, he's seeing stuff <laughs> right now. <laughs> think holy thoughts. Think Jesus. <laughs> and so I'm telling him the story, what's going on, and and... He, he says, um, Jamie, I want you to know that the Lord has shown me by revelation. Okay, this guy's like major, big time prophetic leader. And he said that. I'm like, wow, this sounds heavy. He says, the Lord has shown me by revelation that this situation is, is going to get worse before it gets better. I was like, well, thanks, man. I can run with that. That's, <laughs> what a word. But he, he went on and he said, he said, uh, so it's imperative that you guard your heart. And that's the word of the Lord for you. For you to guard your heart. Okay, so I must have remembered that word from John Paul about 200 times in the next year where I was tempted to, 
just say forget it. Or just be hard in my own heart. And it's huge. I mean, if we're going to make it, it's, it's this new life is about our hearts where the peace of Christ rules like an umpire. Strike ball. You know, he's calling things. And so when you sense you losing the peace of Christ in your hearts for us who are trying to follow him, man, this means something. It's a big deal. You know, the, 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 for those who are controlled by the spirit, uh, Romans 8, 6, help me, Lord. Um, the, the, the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. It matters. It matters. So for us who are trying to walk this way, you know, losing the peace of Christ about something is like, OK, Lord, I need to dial down. What is going on here? What's going on in this relationship? What, what do I need to do? How do I respond? So our hearts, huge Huge deal. And the last piece there is in our lives. In our lives. Verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, it's, he's just covering everything. And I want to just leave you with this uh, spiritual discipline. I'll, I'll do a, just a final challenge. But the spiritual discipline of the prayer of examine. E-X-A-M-E-N. Examine. And down through the centuries, people have done this at the end of the day. And just examine the day. Where did I experience the life of God in my day today? Where did I experience a sense of loss of that life? Where did I experience God's love today? Where did I experience a, a loss of the sense of His love flowing through me? Does that make sense? And you don't have to just do it at the end of the day. You could do it right now and reflect on what's happened so far this morning. You could do it for the month of November. You could do it for 2016 and just say, Lord, where are the places where I've experienced your life? So it's whatever we do, word or deed, we're, we're wanting all of our words, our actions, our thinking, our lives, all that we are to more and more line up by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. It's His life in us to line up with Him. So this is where this, this life starts. This is how our map is shaped, that Jesus is in charge and any one of these ethical pieces could be the focus of an entire sermon. I feel like it's a, you know, you know, just a it's so much. But this is, you know, the Lord's calling us to continually look to him, to trust him, to get rid of the old, to make sure that we're thinking about this stuff. Do the prayer of examine, get rid of the old uh, and, and put on the new orient our lives to the new. And just like we started with a question, those two questions, I want to finish right here as well. What, you know, as you think about these scriptures, where does it connect with your life today? Where does it connect with you today personally? And is there something that God's calling you to do or to be as a result of hearing the word of God preached? We've gone through the whole passage two times now in this one message. So what what's the Lord calling you to do or be? And, and usually it's going to be in categories like this in my family it could be with my spouse, husband, wife, kids, parents. OK, it could be in church life, life group. College, young adults, youth. You guys over here. But I mean, we get sideways and sometimes we have to work through stuff. And it's a mark of maturity that we would say Christ is our life. We're going to keep turning toward one another and we're not going to bail. We're going to, we're going to hang in here. 
We're going to work through, work through our stuff. It could be at your workplace. You know, and, and a big one, I think, right now this week is just as we go out of here, it could be just in any kind of relationship just that's in the, our country right now. The way we're posting, not, you know, just all those kinds of things are, Lord, we want to be shaped by that. We want to be Christ being our very life. And when that starts happening, this whole thing that we're doing here starts more and more facilitating what God actually plans is that his plan A for changing the world is right here. It's Christ, the church and the glory of God. So he prays, you know, may just you be able to see more and more and more and more so that God will get glory in Christ and in the church throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. That's Ephesians 3.21. So stand up. Band's coming. Worship ministry team's coming. We're just going to take a few minutes here. We do this at the end of every service just as a way to respond in our hearts uh, to God. Sorry. And I want to go ahead and let everybody off the hook at one level because there's something here for everybody. Every single, every single one of us, there's, there's places, there's opportunities to grow where Christ, we want Christ to be our life. You know, so, you know, if you need to just stay and pray right there where you're at, that's awesome. But sometimes it helps to get, get prayer from somebody, just a hand laid on your shoulder and somebody to just pray in the name of Jesus for a breakthrough in a relationship or a breakthrough, something that needs to go, something needs to get out of, something, a decision that needs to be made today. And you need some help on that. Man, let's, let's go for it. Put to death those things. Get rid of stuff. And let's put on the new life. The new life in our thinking and in our attitudes, in our relationships, in our hearts. Yeah, in, in all of our lives. So, Father, would you just meet us today? Would you give grace? Where there's breakthroughs that are just waiting to happen. Just that, that response of faith, just waiting. Lord, where there's, if there's anyone that needs to start a relationship with Jesus today, I, I just pray just for, for those right now. Just, just pray with me. Just, Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the King. I believe that you died for me. I want to start a relationship with you. And I turn from my old life, and I want to just let you be the Lord, and the one who determines the map in my life, who brings the peace, who brings the hope, in Jesus' mighty name. So whatever your need is, guys, uh, come. We're, we'll take a few minutes here. Press in. Be just, again, it's about everybody. So come to the front if you need to do that. Pray with somebody there if you need to do that as well. Come on, let's go for it. Be bold. Be bold. Lord, heal us. Make things right. Make things right in relationships, God. In Jesus' name. Help us to be this kind of community.